Andrew Patterson, attorney for Curtis Blackwell, decides he's going to make it weird. Bill Beekman wants to swab your nose twice a week. And the University of Iowa is having a moment. It's up to them to define their path forward. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man who only wants a queen-size race car bed for his birthday, Kevin Greck. Greck, how you doing, buddy? Um, I'm great, and I'm going to get some nice, light, you know, racing striped sheets to go with my queen-size race car bed, and mm-hmm. everyone's going to think I'm real cool. What real color are you going with? Cool. Oh, it's going to be red. It's be. going to be they're going to be Ferrari red for my race car bed. Uh, and that's that's that. That's my whole thing. <laughs> You're going to sleep fast, just like Mel Tucker says. That's right. Oh, good. Good joke, Michael. Good joke. <laughs> that's that's the reaction you want on a good joke is someone telling you it's a good joke instead of laughing. Oh, my God. That could have been a not a sponsor that week when he said that. <laughs> We missed a not a sponsor opportunity. Uh, Thank you, of course, everyone for tuning in and listening. If we could ask you the small favor, please share the pod with those in your life who think they would like to spend an hour and 20 listening to us talk. You can miss a follow on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. And of course, rate, review and subscribe to the show. We really do appreciate all of those interactions. Yep. I, I read everyone. Yep, they're great. Uh, and uh, we are thrilled to announce, as always, our presenting sponsor is Fraser's Pub in Ann Arbor, Michigan on Packard Street. But we're even more thrilled because the folks at Fraser's are open once again as of today. So some fun facts you might want to know about Fraser's Pub. They have taken some extra steps to make sure that your time at Fraser's is extra safe. They've installed plexiglass around seating spaces to help keep other people's germs away from you. They've added extra staff to make sure that the uh, the facility is being constantly cleaned throughout the day. And of course, they have uh they've reinforced that wood paneling mm-hmm. to make sure that you well, I mean, let's let's just be honest, it's it stood the test of time. Yeah. I mean, I, that was my demand. I, when we presented our demands to Fraser's Pub for when they were opening back up, I said, you have finally got to do the wood paneling justice, okay? You got to protect it for future generations. And what do you know? They did. Here we are. It's they a did. beautiful and thing to come out of this COVID-19 terrible situation that we're in. The the the, the unprecedented times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. But that wood paneling is precedent, and of course, there is a beer of the month that we want to let you know about. It is, for the month of June, All Day IPA by Founders Brewing Company. You can get a 23-ounce for the low, low price of $4.99. So, uh, of course, get into Fraser's Pub, and one of our dear listeners will be getting a chance to go into Fraser's Pub and have some beers, have some, uh, some bites on us, because Kevin... We finally came out with our May Twitter question uh, power rankings. Who's yeah. our lucky winner? I believe Michael Jones, when all of the votes were tabulated and we ran our algorithm, you know, the patented can't read, can't write Twitter uh, algorithm, Mr. John Hubbard ended up being on top for the month of May. So 
Congratulations to yes. him, John Hubbard. Tip of the cap, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fun doing it. I'm glad we're taking a month break, but uh, looking forward to, in the throes of July, getting back into some power rankings of Twitter questioners. Uh, for those who are just joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, I see the boredom has gotten to you. And I uh, want to let you know about the structure of the show. We have a, a handful of segments when we don't have games to preview. The, the first one is The Green Wall, where we take a look at the stories surrounding Michigan State University. Uh, we then head off Grand River, where we cover some of the headlines in college sports and pro- professional athletics throughout the country. And then wrap it up, of course, with our Twitter questions. Um, so, Kevin, you want to head behind that green wall? Pardon? What was that? <laughs> you you want to head behind the green wall? Let's do it. Let's take it. Let's take a stroll behind the green wall. All right. Well, of course, with the sport that leads, we got to talk about football. Football um, always leads. And always uh, leads. And uh, yeah, this is the story that won't ever die if, <laughs> nope. for, the, for the sport that always leads. Uh, do you want to tell us about it, Mr. Uh, recovering Lawyer? Sure. Um, drink. Drink. Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, Curtis Blackwell uh, and his attorney, the one that um, was recently thrown off of his uh, lawsuit in federal court in the Western District of Michigan, uh, one Andrew Patterson has filed a lawsuit in the Eastern District of Michigan, that's in Detroit, um, claiming that um, D'Antonio and his lawyers conspired to, quote-unquote, dig up dirt on Blackwell during the previous federal case, and that the Jones Day law firm, which if, for those who don't know, Jones Day is a mega law firm that conducted a an investigation and wrote a report after uh, some college uh, football athletes committed some sexual assaults in 2017. So he alleges that Jones Day, the Jones Day law firm served as quote unquote agents for Michigan State in smearing Blackwell's reputation in its report clearing MSU of any wrongdoing except for Curtis Blackwell in the wake of those sexual assault allegations in 2017. Um, this one's a weird one, Kevin. <laughs> like this is this is weird even for Curtis Blackwell. Yeah. So let's all remember this. This is the exact same case, basically, in the exact same circumstances as the lawsuit that was just dismissed. Like, there's nothing new here. Um, what does it mean to conspire to dig up dirt? I don't remember. I read the Jones Day law firm. Uh, report back when it was published about the circumstances surrounding the the 2016 sexual assaults uh, that took place with the four MSU football players. I don't remember a whole lot of dirt having been dug up on Curtis Blackwell. In fact, he wasn't named. I think the greatest, or maybe he was named. Yeah, he was. Um, the greatest extent, though, of the dirt that was fl- uh, thrown at him was that it does state that he decided not to participate in the investigation. Um, well, so the, I, di- the digging up the dirt they're talking about is that during Blackwell's last lawsuit, the one that was dismissed, mm-hmm. that Antonio and in, in those lawyers, not Jones Day, did the digging of dirt. Mm. Um, which, you know... Um, so how is Jones Day party to this then? Well, so Jones Day is also alleged, so in a separate allegation, 
that the Jones Day law firm served as Michigan State's agents mm. in smearing Blackwell's reputation, which gets to the crux of what you were just talking about in in how they how they portrayed him in the report. Okay. Um, I don't know what dirt they, they obviously they're not going to say what dirt was dug up. My guess is this is pure speculation based upon what they were fighting about in discovery in the previous lawsuit. Mm -hmm. My guess is that maybe, uh, Curtis Blackwell has some tax issues. Um, related to his personal finances and the, I believe, nonprofit camps that he runs. Mm -hmm. And there may be some commingling of funds, which is a big old no, no. And then that obviously would have, you know, because uh, they were, he was suing for monetary damages. They probably were requesting those records to evaluate how much money he was asking for. Because you have to prove what the monetary je- damages would be, right? So yeah. if you've provided those documents, and in the course of providing those documents, inconsistencies start popping up. I know that D'Antonio's lawyers, for example, wanted to talk to a woman that works at the camp because there was some um, uncertainty or or there were some conflicting reports about what her actual uh job was for the camps and and what her what her uh role was there um this is not mainstream though i'm not aware of any uh of msu and their lawyers um using the media in a similar way to the way that uh mr blackwell and mr patterson have been using the media to uh to cast aspersions on the other party mm-hmm. um so it's, it's interesting it also seems even more desperate than <laughs> yeah i'm it's, not a lawyer or a recovering lawyer but it seems like a less substantial argument than the one that was just thrown out of federal court well and and what's what's crazy to me is that they just named you know the law firm that just kicked their ass in court Mm-hmm. Right. Like so. Oh, and and in fairness, um, at least uh, based on the initial filing, Thomas Wernicke, the other attorney for Blackwell who had been kicked off his previous case, is not attached to this filing. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the one who runs a shop out of his house. Um, but the um, so you sued the firm that just kicked your ass and, and you've, you've sued. Go ahead. To whom you're to whom you're writing a check. By right. The way. Yes. Um, and you're suing Jones Day, which for those who maybe aren't as up on the legal industry, I describe them as a mega law firm. They are indeed a mega law firm. There is a list of the top 200 law firms that comes out every year, and um, Jones Day ranks 10th. It is based upon revenue, and their revenue was over $2 billion last year. The attorneys that they are suing will, uh, that he is suing, will bill more in one week than they make in a year. So uh, this is just like, you're you're picking the wrong enemy here. Um, (laughs) It it is insane. Uh, (laughs) I just, I can't. Um, And of course, I mean, it's a strategy of someone that's truly desperate, right? Like, just grasping for it 
I I am speculating here that he knows that the writing's on the wall and that there's going to be substantial disciplinary action against him. And he's just going to try to muck that process up as long as he can and make as many people as uncomfortable as possible. In the meantime, the problem is we're talking about it, but I don't think a lot of other people are that concerned about this uh, at all. I think we're well in diminishing returns for interest in yes. this story. Yep. So. And of course, if you want to read about it, uh, the only outlet that's carrying it is the Detroit News. So thanks, Tony. Um, with that, let's talk about a return to football season. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the details are starting to come out about what the processes and procedures are going to be for getting us to football season. They are admittedly incomplete, but athletes will be returning to on-campus housing, uh, I believe a week from today. That sounds right. Voluntarily. Yes, voluntarily. Um, Bill Beekman has said, I think a couple of times that if anyone doesn't feel safe playing, they don't have to. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, the once they get there, they will have two uh, coronavirus tests uh, within 10 days of each other. um, And after or I'm sorry, within a week of each other. And if uh, they are both negative. They'll be cleared to return to voluntary workouts um, that will, like any other facility that's reopened, be available only to smaller groups than w- it would ordinarily house. And um, if uh, there is a positive test, I believe uh, the athlete has to self-quarantine. They haven't identified how many athletes would have to test positive for, you know, until like end of the season. Mm-hmm. And in the course of workouts, they'll be doing, you know, temperature checks and symptom checks, um, you know, through throughout uh, the progress of this. You know, the the piece that's not clear here is when do they actually start working out as a team together fully? You know, uh, you got to install plays and systems and it, there's not a plan for that yet. Yeah, I mean, you so these are going to be individual workouts at first, right? Or small team workouts is what Mm -hmm. it says on paper. Um, Is this around the time that playbooks and things can be provided to players? Like, uh, can you start to meet? Like, what are the NCAA rules around this? Can they be meeting in position groups and things like that? Or have those discussions already been happening? Um, I'm I'm guessing they have to some degree. But uh, it's... uh, I mean, we're going to see how this goes. Alabama, of course, uh, also returned to campus uh, last week and five players tested positive for COVID-19 when they arrived on campus. So expect, I think there are rumors that one MSU player has already tested positive. Um, That was confirmed. That was confirmed. Uh, so get ready. We're going to get a couple more of those uh, in the next couple of days. You've got 90 guys coming back from all over the state and country. Um, there's going to be a couple of cases there, which is fun as a resident of East Lansing, um, knowing that. <laughs> but uh, what are you going to do? What yeah. Are you gonna do? Um, but uh, it's, I guess, I guess exciting nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm hope cautiously excited. Like, I, 
I, I, I think guess. in some ways we're approaching nihilism about COVID and yeah. um, that we should have had contact racing. That's all I'll say. Um, but let's chat about basketball for a quick second, because there's yep. been a little bit of news. Um, the the NBA or the NCAA rather has finally announced a, a decision about uh, draft eligibility or, you know, coming back to the NCAA if you've entered your name into the draft. That announcement uh, is that uh, players have to withdraw from the NBA draft to maintain their college eligibility by either August 3rd or 10 days after the NBA draft combine, whichever comes first. Right. Um, so this is a solid two months uh, at the most after the original withdrawal date, which was June 3rd. So this obviously is is going to affect uh, Xavier Tillman and um, and uh, Aaron Henry mm-hmm. and many other you know athletes across the sure. Big Ten. Um, it's not clear right now what the NBA draft combine will look like, if anything at all. I don't believe we have any information around that. Uh, this was entirely an NCAA based decision. Um, I have got to think though that this provides some kind of timeline where if teams are talking to guys and they're just going to say something along the lines of, listen, we think in the next three months, it's unlikely that we could possibly have you here in our facilities to meet with a team doctor or to work out with us or whatever the case may be, or, you know, you have to meet with XYZ person local, um, to you that we have determined, um, I'm guessing what this will do is to some degree create more more conversations, more honest conversations between teams and guys, you know, sort of on the bubble, that draft bubble or yeah. that that guaranteed contract bubble, which is its own kind of more important bubble. Um and we'll see what happens from there. I I would expect that within the next week we start seeing a slight acceleration in guys returning to school or going straight to the transfer portal as is the new hotness um (laughs) but we'll find out uh i i would expect i think there's a twitter question about this i mean i'm i think we all expect aaron henry to kind of come back and i think we might get that announcement here in the next few weeks i'm yeah i'm calling the shot on that in the next month well, uh, you guys, uh, be sure to hop in the Twitter mentions if and when Kevin is wrong, though, candidly, I will be sad if he is wrong. Um, happy for Aaron, but, you know, a little bit bummed also. Uh, so with that, folks, we've got a not a sponsor. And we're real thrilled about it. Kevin, who's our not a sponsor this this week? Jonesy, this is it. I mean, we've arrived. Mm. If you're. If you're in podcasting, you know, this is the not a sponsor that you want to have with all due respect, with all due respect to our, our sponsors, Frazier's pub and Brandon Sands. This is the one when Squarespace comes, not a knocking. That's when, you know, you've made it. So we are thrilled to say that this week's episode of can't read, can't write is not brought to you by Squarespace. Which is, of course, the quick and easy way to get your website off the ground. Maybe you're a blogger. Maybe you're opening your own baked goods shop. 
or maybe you're Curtis Blackwell's two-bit attorney who's been recommended for sanctions on his law license and doesn't currently have an email domain or office. <laughs> I mean, he probably won't need that law website for long, so it makes sense to make it as easy and streamlined as possible. You'll get a domain name. No need to use that at Outlook.com email any longer, although kudos for not using Hotmail still. And you can add <laughs> fancy pictures that make it look like you're a real thought leader in the legal industry. In short, you can make a website that looks great in just a few minutes, which is about how long you'll have until you lose your license to practice. So be sure to head to squarespace.com to get started while you still have time. And continue to listen to Can't Read, Can't Write. And it's not a sponsor of Squarespace. <laughs> uh, thank you, Squarespace. I do truly feel like we have arrived. This is it. Um, Mark the calendars. Mark it. You guys, those of you who are listeners, you were here with us from the beginning. We won't ever forget you Yep. Um, now that we've, we've really made it. Uh, with that, Kevin, let's head off Grand River. Um, of course, last week we had a, a, a bit of a different episode and a, a somber one at that. Um, but the, the reality is, is that the, not the reality, that the good thing is that the, the Black Lives Matter movement and the push for racial uh, justice and social justice is not slowing down. And you're seeing it play out in college football in good ways and in uh in ways that you wish weren't so um but the you know it's it's almost having a bit of a a me too movement uh, movement uh, moment excuse me um with some of the stories that are coming out about racial disparities in uh college athletics so i guess let's start with maybe um a positive here in that i want to give a tip of the cap to jim harbaugh um, he was photographed and seen, uh, in a black lives matter March in Ann Arbor, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, sure. Places that are uh, not having a great time right now is, you know, prime, the, the big one in college football and, and close to home is the university of Iowa. Um, a number of players have come out and talked about their experiences at Iowa and, um, the need to almost whitewash themselves from uh, a black identity and for being called out in disparaging ways um, for uh, identifying and exhibiting um, black culture. Presenting I, black. Yes. Present. That's a, that's a good way of saying it. And um, you know, it, and these weren't all entirely microaggressions. Uh, some of them were straight up racist. Um some were microaggressions, it was still not right, but it's uh, the primary culprit seems to be the strength and conditioning coach for Iowa, who's been there mm -hmm. for 22 years, though Kirk Ferentz's son, Brian, has also been named. Uh, there are unnamed coaches as well, so it's not clear who those people are. Um, but so Iowa has had a bit of a mixed response. And in fairness to this entire conversation about Iowa that we're about ready to have, I I would be shocked that Iowa exists in a vacuum um, and instead that they are just the first of additional programs that will be having a more open and earnest conversation about how they treated black athletes. Mm -hmm. But um, Kevin, do you want to give some more color to the story? 
Uh, I mean, I think you mostly covered it there. It, it does seem like the allegations mostly center around the strength and conditioning program. I'm not aware of any direct um, instances brought up by players pertaining to Ference directly. Are you? No, it, and um, but no, in his uh, his culpability, if you will, would extend in the same way to, um, you know, having a, a coaches that work underneath him that that permeated yeah. his culture. But no, as far yeah, as I know, awareness, not. We make the argument all the time that you know college coaches are responsible for the conduct of their staff and their students underneath them. And, um, there, you know, there is precedent for that in the NCAA. Uh, so there are a couple issues here, of course, with, uh, like you said, just the fact that this is probably not, um, you know, an, an Iowa specific, thing and in fact we're, we're seeing that in a number of other places now which we're going to uh, chat about just, here in a second not just college uh players but also pro players as well uh using their platforms and their voice to uh to to bring these issues up uh in fairness to, K- to kirk ferentz he has already made comments in the media um one in particular caught me and I saw this earlier today, so I don't know if anything has changed, but he said he talked to a few players and asked if he asked them if he, if they thought he was part of the problem or he could be part of the solution, which I thought was interesting. And even if this doesn't end up, you know, ending in a place where Kirk Ferentz remains a head football coach at Iowa, I thought it was interesting that a head football coach was making a comment like that to begin with, I think that indicates a significant change in the culture in college athletics generally. Do you like, do you think, can you think of a time where a head football coach would have asked the players if the head football coach is a problem? Like, yeah, I think, I the, think the, that's done. Yeah, I, I, the of of that question or of the the phrasing, the piece that I, I think I like the most is, um, can can I be part of the solution? Um, right. Because I mean, I think the the reality that we're all of us who are white need to come to grips with is that whether whether we've done things that are that we would consider actively racist, we we do live as part of the problem because we haven't been doing anything to stop the problem. We get, you know, the definition of, of white privilege in many ways is the ability to bounce in and out of this conversation as we feel fit. And so I, you know, this isn't, this isn't about Kirk Ferentz because I also feel very strongly that I've been part of the problem and that that is something that I I'm trying to rectify, but I like that Kirk Ferentz asked his players, can I be part of the solution? Um, and I, and I thought I saw a video statement also where he, he said, you know, I've, you know, been coaching football for however long. Um, and I consider myself a teacher, but even teachers sometimes need to be students. And so it sounds like he's at least saying some of the right things. And, and I have no reason to believe that he doesn't feel that 
he has some learning to do. And so I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Um, was less thrilled about their, their social media policy though. Uh, yeah. Um, did you, uh, get your one tweet, uh, a week <laughs> pre-approved Michael Jones before, uh, you I sent thought it was a month that whatever it is <laughs> ridiculous. Like what is that? Yes. One. So for Go those ahead. who don't know, the university of Iowa football team had a ban on players ability to participate in social media. Um, you know, I certainly think Tom Izzo probably appreciates that. Um, however, you know, Kirk Ferentz, in recognizing the moment, said, I'm going to lift that ban. And then it was decided that the the so that the players could participate in the national conversation, but that they would be able to send one tweet either a week or a month. And it had to be pre-approved. <laughs> not that's not good. That's not good, Kirk. Um, no. You should you just let your players there. Kirk. <laughs> yes. Um, so it, let's uh, and, and actually, in, in fairness to we'll we'll turn to some of the other issues that have been happening and dominating the headlines. But um, this reminds me in some ways of something that you brought to my attention uh, about Delvon Rowe and, and his experience at MSU that he shared, I, I believe, earlier this week. So, mm-hmm. you know. This we're not as as people listen to the pod, we're not above um, looking inward here and and recognizing that MSU is far from a perfect institution. So, yeah, um, what what did Delvon Rowe have to say? Well, he just remembered uh, that there was a time and I used to have the tweet up and I don't now. Um, uh, There was a time when a number of his teammates that had. you know, braids had were told by what he said was they were told by the coaching staff. And it's not clear if it's the assistant coaching staff or the head coaching staff, or if we care. Um, yeah, right. Uh, that, uh, that NF or NBA teams and NBA GMs wouldn't want players with braids in their organizations. And it would, behoove them to remove them. So I remember when this happened at the time, that is not what was said in the media. What was said in the media was that Chris Allen and Raymar and Raymar Morgan and someone else chose to cut their hair as like team solidarity or something like that. Delvon Rowe is saying that that is not the case. Um, I don't, we obviously don't know the circumstances around it. Neither of those players that did cut their hair have said anything to my knowledge. Um, but it is, uh, it's another one of those cases where young men choosing to present black are either directly or indirectly, or for one reason or another told that doing so is either unacceptable or societally will be, you know, a concern for them down the road, which, uh, of course is very, very unfortunate. Um, I'm, I mean, it's, it's happening everywhere. That's sort of the lesson to be drawn from all of this. Um, it's happening everywhere. And even if it is, I mean, the entire assistant coaching staff that year were black, I believe, even if they did tell their student athletes that, they did so understanding that they're that NBA GMs are white guys and that 
you know, they have probably had a pretty good reason to speculate that, uh, you know, you could, you would be better thought of without the braids. Um, so even if it's not necessarily messed up on the part of MSU, uh, coaching staff, and we're not saying that it's not, it is definitely an indication, uh, that there was at least the perception that that was the case in, you know, NBA GM rooms. Uh, and, you know, of course these are the the smartest guys in the room that you know, <laughs> players. So. Well, so it let's, it, we'll touch on a couple other headlines. Cause as I mentioned, this is sort of, uh, Iowa's not in a vacuum and there are other places where me too esque, uh, you know, sort of uh, confessionals or outing of, of racist behavior is, are happening. Um, an Oregon state player, I believe a tight end. Um, there was audio released from a group chat. He was on at a very, you know, or it, at an old enough age that he should not have been saying the things he said. Um, he claims that it was uh, satirical, I guess. Uh, I don't know what he was satirizing, but um, you know, where he, talked about um, killing gay people and black people. Um, Jake Fromm, who may now not have a a job in the NFL, um, a a message, I believe a text message from him or some sort of direct message was released wherein he said he wanted to be able to get a suppressor for his gun. He just wanted them to be very expensive so that only elite white people could own them. Um, And Drew Brees came out with um thoughts on kneeling during the uh the national anthem that were like walked Drew back Brees within t- 24 hours i mean we don't have to reiterate these for the audience everyone knows what this is um i liked how he was just like what was the argument three years ago well, let's trot that back out again <laughs> you know let's just Let's just demonstrate to the whole world that we have not been paying any attention or introspecting at all on what has been going on. And I think that was what caused the huge backlash to Drew Brees. Yes. Everyone was just saying, bro, we are past this. It's such a terrible argument. Like, uh, this is the problem. You're obviously not paying any attention at all. You're not even making an attempt at some other reason to come to this conclusion. You're just going to trot out the same garbage that God drew. Yeah. Well, um, and you know, in sort of, I, I guess returning back for a moment to, to Iowa, cause we did give them a hard time about the tweets. Cause I, I think we've covered enough of the, the headlines here. And, and I think, um, I, I am encouraged that, um, or not encouraged. I am. I'm very thankful that these student athletes and, and professional athletes are are coming forward about their stories and experiences. Um, there is a very much a growing movement and sediment on their side, particularly with people of privilege who will demand the changes that need to be made, um, so that hopefully uh, the the locker rooms in which they they participate will have a better culture. And that is, again, just a tiny, tiny step towards um, towards doing the right thing. But in Iowa's defense, um, uh, is it Merriweather? Yes, uh, Kayvon Merriweather, player for Iowa, 
did have one of his tweets come out um, that was uh, pretty uh, forceful. And um, it and I'm just surprised because this was on Iowa letterhead and not surprised. I'm I guess I'm happy. This is encouraging from Iowa. But if you indulge me, I'll just read it very quickly. Said, if you cannot support us right now with this movement and with our team taking a knee during the national anthem, do not support us during the football season. Do not watch our games on TV. Do not come up to us when you want photos. Do not do not ask us to give your kids autographs. Don't come to us expecting us to do for you when you can't support the black athletes on this team and the decisions we make as a team. I would rather play in front of a thousand fans who care about us as people outside of football and what we are standing for than 70,000 fans who only care about us when we are in uniform and on the field entertaining them. And so <laughs> Iowa and the pre-approved tweets, I'm going to give you a little bit of a hard time, but if that's one of your pre-approved tweets, I'm all about it. So, uh, cause that's, that takes some brand bravery there. Indeed. I was going to say, you know what I'm all about? What's that? Getting a refinance mortgage from Brandon Sands. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, great transition. Um, so this is a, another real sponsor. This is not, not a sponsor. Brandon Sands is a dear friend of ours and a mortgage loan originator for one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country guaranteed rate. Brandon has closed over 10,000 loans and want to let you know, wants to let you know that mortgage rates are the lowest ever in history and that Brandon is here, if you're in the market for a new home, if you're thinking about refinancing, which you should maybe give them a call if you're paying for more than more than 4% right now on your mortgage. Brandon has a consultative approach in, in his relationship with clients. He'll sit down with you. He'll go over your income, your credit, your long-term and short-term goals to help pick a, a product that is right for your needs. That consultation is absolutely free. There's zero obligations. If you'd like to get in touch with Brandon, you can find him at rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's R-A-T-E dot com backslash B-R-A-N-D-E-N-S-A-N-Z. Rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. Grekers. Beautiful. It's Twitter question time. It sure is. It sure is. And we got our first one from Mr. Raymond Chains, our first winner. Our first winner of the uh, of the Twitter Power Rankings, he asks, do you remember when Coach D defended his players' right to kneel? Some people thought that doomed the season. That's superstition. I don't think he's a Fox News man, by the way. I'll miss his brand of determination and upsets. Um, I think he, this is real, right? I think he did yes. say that he supports the the right of the his athletes to take a knee if they so choose, right? Yeah, he definitely did. Um, his... Um... I had it up. Um, it uh, his his thoughts, generally speaking, were that um, well that um, he first of all he acknowledged I cannot relate to the lived experiences of the black student athletes, um, and that what whatever you do during the anthem, that it is it is support in some way or another of the country that you might be protesting, but you're protesting for a better country. Uh, he did say, you know, something about like, it like to believe that when the great enemy, I believe he said the great enemy comes, uh, that we would all be on the same side. 
but he he was very supportive of their right to free expression and um it, it, frankly he and he and Harbaugh this is probably the only time they saw eye to eye so so there we um, go yeah uh yeah and also obviously Raymond we agree with you that statement had nothing to do with the outcome of the season and um, I, I gave him a little ribbing I gave a little ribbing last week that D'Antonio was maybe a Fox News watcher um he may or may not be um I I do think he probably consumes a fairly holistic media diet and that's when he has time to um so because I think someone else gave me a hard time about that too uh anyway Next question from Raymond is, can we just be shed of Big Ten swimming, golf, tennis, and running sports? Nobody cares. <laughs> well, certainly no one cares about swimming. Um, <laughs> the, these, Raymond, we're supposed to be giving the greatest breadth of experiences to our student athletes possible. You know, these are all great team sports that have their own individual uh, you know, benefits they don't all have the marketability of football and tennis. It's true, but I mean, football on and tennis, football and basketball. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm staring at the word tennis, uh, but I mean, yeah, swimming doesn't count. We can do without swimming. No one cares about swimming, but uh, you know, tennis, running sports, golf. I mean, some people like those sports. Some people yeah. like them. What do you want? What do you want, Raymond? Can't all be football and basketball all the time. Let's fill in that swimming pool or swimming pool and uh, otherwise keep the rest of them. I, I, I like that MSU offers whatever we we're at 23, I believe scholarship sports. I'm, I'm here for it. So um, we could be like the SEC, but we're better than that. Oh, Next question agreed. from Raymond is who are you angry with this week? I'm angry with all humans. It's too bad I don't know how to hunt, build wigwams, and tan leather because I'd be off the grid and living in the mountains. The mountains don't want you, Raymond. They want you to bring your COVID, you know, your, your, uh, your, wherever, your, your COVID to their nice, pristine environments, okay? They want you to stay where you are. Um, but, uh, and also, how would you charge your phone to listen? They can't read, can't write. Uh, Good question. I do agree, Raymond, that it has been another taxing week, but things appear to be starting to change. At least that's my perception. And hopefully in our discussions, we've uplifted you in some way. Uh, so next question from anything you want to add to that? There no, that you didn't answer anymore. the question that you're not angry at anybody, but um, that's fine. I'm angry at myself for having not spoken up sooner. Yeah, there we go. That's a good one. Look inward. Mm -hmm. um, what are the chances? <laughs> I like this question. What are the chances we have two football games and then the plague infested season once more gets the hook? Very likely. I mean, we've been speculating this the whole time. What happens when a team with half of its student athletes in uh, you know 14 day quarantine has to take on a team with a third of its student athletes in quarantine? Like, you're going to get I, to know the, the full roster of the football team real fast. Yeah. Like, what do those games even look like? Do you even bother taking score at that point? Um, so thank you, Raymond. Uh, that's a huge concern for all of us. Um, next yeah, up, it, the upper deck jerk guy. I oh, I would just, I just want to add that the, the states that have been reopening, cases are trending upward. So 
Good luck. Uh, the real upper deck jerk guy, yes, is next. Uh, more likely to happen. Henry returns or X returns? Manny commits or Christie commits? Uh, I'm going to take Henry and Christie. Although I thought it was Maine. I've always heard that as Maine. Yeah, it's apparently the some of the French influence people are saying that it's Manet. Manet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's going to be my call uh, for these two. What about you? Speculate for us, Jonesy. Uh, I'm I'm with more likely that Henry returns for sure. Um, I I think Manet is my pick. Okay, I, that's fair. Yeah. Um, Good. Next up from the upper deck jerk guy, who wins a Big Ten championship first, Tucker or Harbaugh? Uh, I'm going with Tucker, and my reason being, I don't think Harbaugh is a forever man. Um, his Michigan man has a, uh, a time limit on it, and so I think that makes it more likely that that Tucker wins it first because I don't know that Harbaugh has more than a couple years left without winning one. Interesting. You, you got any different thoughts? Nope. I'll take it. All right. Is Grecky for real? Oh, for real, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Are you for real? I think we think you're Raymond James. (laughs) (laughs) Next up from Raymond Chain's burner account. uh, (laughs) What are your thoughts on the cancellation of the Chicago to Mackinac race? I didn't know that was a thing. Don't care. I believe this is the boat race, uh, and it's a it's a very nice boat race. But it, I mean, you got to get a bunch of people together at the front of it. You got to get a bunch of people together at the end of it. It's not just time spent on a boat by yourself. So it's kind of the way things are, upper deck jerk guy. Uh, unless I'm totally wrong about what he's talking about here. Um, next up from the upper deck jerk guy, are you on TikTok? What's your name there? Uh, I am not on TikTok. Um, are you? Uh, I'm TikTok adjacent. I have, I can go to TikTok when I account? want it. I don't, I, I, it's not on my phone. It's on another phone in the household. Um, okay. your wife's I, phone. We, uh, we wouldn't be very good on TikTok. I, we don't really produce TikTok content, do we? No, we need to get a social media coordinator, I think, for can't read, can't write. So, um, if anyone's got a resume, send them our way. It pays no dollars. Next up from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, why don't you guys pull in great interviews like at Will Hunter, who hopped in on the comments on that said uh, on that uh, question and said because they don't have Will Sheehan uh, secretly doing all the work. And Matt Sheehan. True. Matt Sheehan. Sorry. I see that was like a little neg. That was like a little <laughs> indicator that I don't know. I don't listen to your show. I can't be bothered to know what your names are. This is just a little reminder that you're nothing to me. <laughs> uh we're also just not that show and um you know uh we don't churn out content every Every day day. um and you know uh, they're they're doing the lord's work and churning that content out but you can tell that they're they're feeling that need right now which is why they've moved to interviews and in fairness to like everybody in the podcast community right now not a ton of sports to talk about so um kudos to them for getting guests i don't know if we'll do that someday might be fun might also not be our forte so 
Next up from the Epidemic Jerk Guy, speaking of which, when do I get to guest host? Actually, that'd be awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, this Let's is not go. Couch in the Rube. We would gladly have you. We, we are I think, like, I don't think you'll do it, though. I think it would ruin your whole mystique. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't think you're up for it, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. We're happy to put you on the next episode of Can't Read, Can't Write. Let's have this yeah, conversation. You, you know what, Upper Deck Jerk Guy? Open, open invitation. July Twitter question power rankings are going to be a thing. You are welcome to come on and answer Twitter questions and power rank them. Mm-hmm. You, you can do that if, if you're serious. But yeah, I'm calling your bluff. Uh, next question is, what's the best way to drink sake? Sake, sorry. Uh, cold, room temperature, or warmed? I think I've only ever done it room temperature. Have you? uh yeah i think i've only done i i might have had it cold once but i would probably go room temperature i've not tried it warmed so uh i could see potentially in winter kind of like the hot toddy vibe that might be kind of nice but yeah um yeah i don't Uh, know what's best i just know what i've done uh final question from the upper deck jerk guy what's the best little debbie snack michael jones uh i should have done some research on this because i don't know i'm not up with my little debbie snacks uh, zebra cakes are good. Uh, the old oatmeal cream pie is is nice. Uh, oh yeah, oatmeal the, cream uh, pie. Yep, that's it. Mm. Mm. Uh, and then there's also the uh, what's the the peanut butter wafer one with chocolate, whatever that guy is. Also fantastic. Little Debbie snacks are pretty good. And I'm still I, going with the oatmeal cookie. Okay. All right, reigning champ, John, John Hubbard. Hubbard. First thing from John Hubbard. Uh, are you guys Antifa or Profa? <laughs> I can't have any terrorist podcasts in my feed. See, I, I like John trying to pigeonhole us here because obviously Antifa stands for anti-fascist and yeah. Profa would mean pro-fascist and we are not <laughs> pro-fascist, which I guess means we're anti-fascist, which makes us Antifa. Thanks, John. Thanks. Thanks for making a terrorist one way or another, you sly son of a gun. Did you see uh did you see trending today that uh that there was a movement for declaring the KKK a terrorist organization? Because Whoa. Antifa is being declared one, but not the Klan. Oh god. <laughs> it's like it seems like it was like a terrorist organization, they're just like the idea of it. Is like, what else were you thinking back in the day? Like, other than the KKK, like, what, what else? It's like the original terrorist organization. Yes, it's it like is. <laughs> yes. Literally a terrorist organization. They know that it's a big part of their identity. <laughs> yes. Why haven't they been a terrorist organization the whole time? I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay. Next up from John Hubbard on a follow up from the upper uh, from the real upper deck jerk guys question last week. And how many ways is Spider-Man lesser than the Hulk? Just like how does he fall? Just how low does he fall in the Marvel rankings? Would Cyclops beat Spidey in 30 seconds or would he need a full minute? First off, (laughs) why are we going from the Hulk to Cyclops? Now, I understand that Cyclops is a level five mutant one of the highest, most powerful mutants of all time. But I've always sort of thought that that was only a result of him being one of the three or four most popular mutants because he's not that, oh, he shoots crap out of his eyes. Like, who cares? Who yeah, because cares? Well, Spider-Man just needs to go stealth and snipe him 
from somewhere and take those goggles off, and then he turns into a a, a, a bigger destructive force than anything else. So yeah. I, I I mean. I guess if you're saying it's Cyclops and Spidey, like in a dual situation, maybe Cyclops wins, but I'm actually putting money on Spidey here. It's going to be Spidey. It's going to be Spidey. And also, how do we get Cyclops in this question? We were talking about the Hulk before. Okay. The Hulk is like fifth best or 10th best, maybe. And Cyclops is under that. Like, it's a bad question, John. Groot, you're lucky. Groot is a better Avenger than the Hulk. You're lucky that this question wasn't in last month's power rankings. Let me just say that. Yes. <laughs> Choose one. This Next is a good up question. From John Hubbard. Help Brett Bielema put his doc, put in his doc and be his fishing buddy during the 4th of July week and hear all of his philosophies on life. Go on a recruiting trip with Scott Frost or work for a weekend doing landscaping with Jim Harbaugh. Hoof. I mean, <laughs> you know what's sad? You know what I'm picking here? It's Brett. <laughs> it's Brett Dilema. Yeah. You want to get yeah. that boat time? I mean, if I if I had to choose one, I'd put in the dock and fish during the Fourth of July week. I mean, yeah. And you know what? I kind of want to hear his philosophies. I would. Uh, I'd go hard on the beers, and I wouldn't even put like a line in the water. I'd just be like, "Talk to me, Brett. You big dumb idiot." I'm having <laughs> ten of these beers, Brett. Brett, why don't you have any White Claw? he's like what it's not milwaukee's best no brett you gotta try that could you imagine changing his life with white claw things will never be the same brett uh next up from john hubbard in the mark d'antonio sitcom that raymond chains is clearly developing during his quarantine time who will be cast as the d'antonios and who plays their neighbor the lovable scamp max bulla who is always throwing a wrench in coach's day like the time that he tests positive for roids and he can't play in the Rose Bowl. Like, is that one of the episodes? <laughs> That's speculation. We don't know. It might be a fight in Traverse City. We don't know. Um, there's a lot of casting um, questions. Uh, who plays Mark D'Antonio for for you? Um, can, can I say J.K. Simmons again? Um, sure. Now, um, uh, who, uh, I'm, I feel like his last name is Riss or Reese. Um, the guy who was the lead in the Americans math. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? Nope. Didn't watch it. Oh, oh man. You're missing out. Um, but yeah, uh, I think he's got a show coming out on HBO soon, but anyway, he's my pick for D'Antonio. Great. Uh, um, his name is. Matthew Riz. Yep. Yeah. Um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so that's my pick for D'Antonio. D'Antonio's wife, I I really haven't had much insight into. Um, maybe we go Drew Barrymore? Sure. Or Becky D'Antonio can play herself. I think she's good for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm with that. What about uh, what about his daughters? And who's who's playing um, Max Bulla? John Cena? <laughs> No, um, yeah, you know, honestly, I can't do better than that. John Cena is playing Max Bulla. Perfect. Um, I don't know who's playing his daughters. Pick, pick two former Disney starlets. To, to the, the Olsen twins will play one of the daughters, but they will split time. And then the <laughs> other daughter will be played by Lindsay Lohan. 
Perfect. All right. What a great show we put together here. <laughs> uh, next, next up, up is- from Taylor Anderson, which would you prefer come back if only one could continue this year? MLB, NBA, or NHL? Uh, probably it's weird. I've never really watched a lick of NBA, and that might be my pick. Yeah, that's um, the pick. Yeah. It, otherwise, it's MLB, which is kind of weird. I just don't care about hockey anymore. Sorry, Jer. Yeah, uh, I would also choose NBA. Um, it's, the reason that I like the MLB is daytime, like just put it on in the background yep. baseball. But th- I don't think that's what we want right now. I think no. if we can get sports, if we can, if we have to choose one kind of sports where we want the like most possibly entertaining kind, I think. Um, so I'll take the NBA uh, over the other options. Next up from Taylor Anderson, has there been anything good that's come out of the quarantine era for you guys? Um, I th- I don't know if your answer is the same, but uh, I have reoccurring uh, virtual drinks slash, you know, FaceTime Zoom with people that uh, it's not like I'm I'm FaceTiming or Zooming with people who are in the same town and I'm being socially distant. Uh I'm doing that with people who live other places and I should have been doing that a long time ago. So that's mine. How about you? Yeah. Well, I've got a greater appreciation for the people in my life that I don't, I'm not able to spend time with right now, you know? So that's a, that's the window that's opened in this situation for me. Um, yeah, I, in reality that, I mean, your answer is pretty good. I'll take that. Um, the next up from Taylor Anderson, do you guys ever listen to audiobooks or other podcasts? And if so, some recommendations. And in this question, <laughs> a totally unrelated to anything podcast called Space Plus Reason popped in to pitch oh, themselves. A second one also popped in. So <laughs> is this something we need to be doing? Do we need to just be searching for people that use the yes. word podcast? And <sighs> are talking about sports generally and just hop in there. Yeah. Like don't, don't click their links. Don't give them any listens, but like game recognized game. Do we have to be doing this ourselves? Yeah. There's also a whole, like someone was explaining to me, there's a whole way to like, uh, build your Twitter following with, um, other podcasts. It's sort of like a follow back thing. Um, I, uh, but it's it's like these people are largely in I think the like travel lifestyle sort of vlog and and podcast space. Um, it's it's we you know we have a serial podcast that is uh, timely for a week and that's it. So yep. I don't think it's particularly effective for us. Um, no, not going to be our approach. Though it would be very funny if we could promote our podcast to U of M fans or like to opposing fans during the week of a game. Spike those listens. Uh, (laughs) Do you have any quick recommendations for audiobooks or other podcasts? Yes. So I will. Of course, I listen to other podcasts. Um, I listen to some of our competitors to make sure that we're not ripping their stuff off. Um, But I would recommend, and I think I've mentioned these before, but uh, highly recommend the Jesselnik and Rosenthal Vanity Project, or it was previously known as the Rosenthal and Jesselnik Vanity Project. Um, How did this get made is one of my absolute favorite podcasts. Um, Conan's is good. Um, And 
Oh man, I had a th- oh comedy bang bang. If you like improv, oh for uh, sure, comedy bang bang is great. I love it. Uh, I don't listen to every episode, but it is it is real solid um, and definitely gets me laughing. So those are my recommendations. And if the four thousand episode backlog isn't enough for you, there's like a whole extended universe of comedy bang bang contributor podcasts. Um, uh, in terms of audiobooks, I. Uh, it's hard because I don't drive anymore, but I've been trying to get through David Sedaris uh, books because, I mean, he's a fantastic humorist, but in some ways it's even better when he's actually reading it to you. Um, sure. So that's what I'll go with. That's what's my, that's in my audiobook diet right now. Um, last question from Taylor Anderson is, why is the University of Iowa just the worst? <laughs> I think we covered that. I think we've already given Iowa their their 10 minutes of today's podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, but we're with you there, Taylor Anderson. Next up from uh can't read, can't write contributor, Jer Bear, actual co-host. Uh, one surprising musical, musical artist from each of you that you like. Uh, I mean, I think our answer is the same, right? I mean, is this a Nelly Furtado thing? Because we're <laughs> right. The problem and, and to be clear. is that we're, we're already outed. Is Nelly Furtado fans. Yeah, it's true. Um, you got someone that will come quickly? I mean, <clears throat> um, Nelly Furtado was the first that came to mind with that question. Um, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I could list favorite bands at some point in time, and, and maybe someone will be surprised by it. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, CT and TC. Sorry, Jer, we didn't answer it. We don't no, know what's surprising you to you. Furtado. Yeah, that's true. Uh, CT and TC says, if you could hack one coach's email, who would you choose? Oh, God, it's Izzo, right? Like, not only is it that you would get a huge backlog of stuff, but like, can you imagine the stuff that people email Tom Izzo or he emails out? Like, it would be fantastic. Oh, be see, fantastic. I, I'm going with either Bill Self or Rick Pitino. Oh, I thought I took this as MSU coach. Um, but oh, yeah. well, th- yes, then for sure. Yeah, Izzo. If you could branch it out, then yeah. Um, you know, Patino or, or someone like that uh, would be fantastic too. Um, no, I wonder about Coach K. Like he doesn't he's do it by email, man. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he solves signifiers. Yeah. <laughs> Coach K is not spending a lot of time on the email. He dictates to his, you know, staff. They do the emailing for him. That would be very dull. Um, next from CTNTC is what personal improvements have you committed to during these trying times? <laughs> I was using the rowing machine for a little bit, but now I'm not again. So, oh, you had a rowing machine. That's interesting. Yeah. What about you, Jonesy? Um, see last week's episode. Oh, yeah. There's that like whole societal change thing going on, too. I guess you could use that if you wanted. Uh, staying in better touch with people is my more f- sort of flip answer. Um, um gardening. What's your favorite card game? Me. Yeah. Uh, Euchre, right? Like, is anyone from our state going to say anything other than, would you dare say anything but Euchre? Uh, no, if we're, if we're talking like traditional card games, it's either Euchre or Cribbage. Um, if we're opening this up, then uh, Nerd Alert, 
I still like Magic the Gathering. I do not play with anyone, but it's a fun game. <laughs> I'll take it. Don't at me. Uh, um, next, next from CTNTC is what's the most recent project around the house that you have completed? Do they get completed, CTNTC? They just get done enough, right? Like they never actually get completed the projects. There's always something. Do you complete the projects, Jonesy? I don't. I finished mulching. Actually, there's more mulch to do, but Dad, that's what I mean. That's I mean, exactly it. I I mulched the front flower bed. That's what I mulched. That got completed. And I completed my string lights because of your help. So there's that too. I completed that project, CT. My CT to help a friend. Uh, CT and TC, I would recommend the book Getting Things Done. Uh, per This is actually just me subtweeting Kevin, because if you define projects too broadly, then they are, of course, never done. You need to define them smallly so that you can check things off the list. Um, anyway, moving on from CT. Who do we got next? Garver. Favorite MSU walk-on can be from any sport. Wasn't Conklin a walk-on? Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, that's all I right. was going to go... Uh, let's go. Are we considering Kenny Goins to be a, a walk-on? He was like a gray shirt. Yeah, people in the same way that Conklin. Yeah, Conklin was also a gray shirt. You want to go full walk-on? Had the full like Rudy walk-on experience? You could go with like a Blair White. Wasn't the story there that like? Yep. He sat outside Coach D's office and like, come on, Coach, I can contribute, Coach. Let me play, Coach. And had like one of those situations, and yep. then. You know, he caught some touchdown passes from, you know, or some of Matt Seibert, I think, oh, technically a walk on. I mean, I know he's a transfer, but he was a non-scholarship transfer. Boom. So and then we we because we made jokes about how he caught a touchdown and that was worth the semester's worth of tuition, apparently. Indeed. Um, um, yeah. Next up from Anthony Garver. If you did the 50 state challenge, write down as many as you can in 10 minutes. How many do you think you could get? And second question, uh, would you know all the capitals without looking them up? Uh, yes, 50 states absolutely would get all of them. Uh, capitals, no. I think I'd probably miss like five states. That's my guess if I did the thing. Um, and then capitals, I wouldn't stand a chance. If I got half, I'd be happy with myself. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm on capitals. Um Next up from Anthony is how do you feel about being limited to one pre-screen pre-screened tweet a day? Uh, see Iowa, if you don't know what I'm referring to, of course we've covered this. Thank you for the hat tip. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I tweet, sometimes I don't. Sometimes Kevin tweets, sometimes he doesn't. Uh, it's a thing. Um, we'll have Garvert uh, pre-screen all of them for yeah, us. Make sure they they meet. You know, can't read, can't write standards. um next up from anthony is what team across any sport do you think has a trash jersey that people think is great only because the team wins wins a lot this team isn't doing a ton of winning now but it used to get a lot of hype for its jersey and i always thought they looked cheap usc's football jerseys do not impress me they're just like loud the red and the gold and i don't like the the way like i just don't like them they just feel cheap to me what about you bama very steven berries bama Bama. i 
I also don't think I don't like Penn State's jerseys either. It, what? It's just too classic for you. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, yes. Like <laughs> they might as well be playing shirts and skins. Like I, I just uh, no, no, um, doesn't do it for me. Though I think if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably pick Penn State. Okay. But anyway, um, and of course, uh, the the team that we really think actually has the trash jersey, Michigan. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, if you could sit down with any president and talk with them for 30 minutes, which would it be, can be alive or dead? Be careful, Kevin. This is not a political podcast. I'm going to sit down with Donald J. Trump. I just want to see what it's like being in the room <laughs> with that dude. And like, it's more like a, he stuck with me for 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> not yeah. necessarily that I'm going to like tear him apart, but like he can't go anywhere. Like whenever anyone starts to challenge him in any way, he just like shuts down and walks away. Like remember like early on there were those New York times journalists that like started asking him questions and he just ended the interview. And then he went and sat down on his desk and picked up the piece of paper and he just started looking at it. Like it was a thing that he had to do (laughs) when of course it was nothing, but like you're stuck with that's like minute three in this conversation. There's 27 more to go. Like what's he going to do after that? Yeah, that's, that's a good answer. Um, um, I'm, uh, my answer is less entertaining. I I'm going to sit down with president Obama. Uh, it's, it's too hard not to particularly right now want to talk with the first black president. Um, and one that has a pretty decent approval rating, even if he wasn't always well liked at the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, but he's got to be candid. Like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want like censored talk. I want like, be honest with me. Talk. Um, are you aware that the second? Never mind. Um, he's making fun of us for making a second tweet. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, next question is no. All right, this is all. All right, Anthony, your bit is ruined. We tweeted more than once today. <laughs> uh, Nate B asks, "Got any beef with that Lucy girl from Iowa?" A lot of our listeners are not going to know what this is. You got to explain it. So there is uh, this person uh, who is an Iowa fan who is an produces... Iowa fan slash media personality. Well, she's now. not. She's got like a, a niche. It's a weird. Yeah. So Go she ahead. has um, she's trying to do in her mind um, a version of like the Daily Show. But or last week tonight, but with sports and it is uh, a few minutes long. So. Uh, she's uh, an aspiring comedian and, and comedy writer. Um, I am certainly not going to uh, dump on somebody's aspirations. Um, she is a little thirsty for the fame as she's changed her Twitter handle to hashtag Barstool Lucy in an attempt to get hired by Barstool Sports. Um, I, but she uh, she has routinely made. Um, uh, derisive comments uh to about msu and has indicated that our sports programs are pro rape culture um we have certainly 
uh, addressed those issues on this podcast and um it's not like there's totally clean hands but the her yes the answer nate is yes i have beef with her she paints with far too broad of a brush about something that is not particularly funny and it's not funny because i went to state i also don't think what's happening at iowa right now is funny like i just i don't think she's funny she's not good at it so there's that they're all what she talks about are all issues that need to be talked about she's just not any good at doing it funny so that's what i got uh next up is go msu butt boy 69 uh is it ironic that iowa coaches wouldn't let their players wear hoods when the coaches were wearing the white pointy ones (laughs) so it is true up until recently uh, iowa coaches would not let their players wear hoodies um I don't know that we're going to co-sign on the other half of this, uh, at least not uh, painting with that broad of a brush for Iowa. Um, you know, that that could change, but it, by all accounts, it doesn't seem like it, that all of Iowa warrants that. That said, um, better joke than what Lucy has. Yeah, uh, way better. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good, pretty solid. Sorry, uh, the timing, you can control the timing on that one. Go MSU nope. Butt Boy 69. It was uh, unfortunate, um, but a good attempt. Mm-hmm. Final question for Mr. Kyle Lisk. If you could kick one school out of the Big Ten, which one would it be and why would it be Rutgers? So I will say this about Rutgers. Rutgers has developed a spit test for COVID-19. And that alone, in my mind, means that they deserve to stay <laughs> who are you kicking out uh i'm gonna kick out uh university of chicago see i mean i mean they're they're not in they're not in the the conference any longer yeah but it's, i you know i can't i can't just pick a team i can't just pick one michigan they're gone they get they got kicked they left voluntarily once Kick I'd probably out kick out Northwestern. That's who I'm kicking out. They just put all that money into their into, the, into their uh, facilities, man. Great. Let them let them join. I don't know. Let them join Cincinnati's conference. Um. Anyway, with that, uh, that is mostly our show. I do uh, want to give a slight Twitter follow recommendation. Um, Drakea, um, a, a, a player on the Michigan State women's uh, basketball team. Uh, if you care about the things that we talked about on last week's episode and to a degree this week, uh, she is an awesome follow and is is uh, worth checking out. It's, yup, that's underscore Drakea. That's D-R-E-K-I-A um, and is, is well worth your time and follow. But otherwise, um, great show, Kevin. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect show. No glitches. Mm -mm, Not a single one. Uh, (laughs) uh, Well, as always, go green. Go white.